First, before we get started on this book of Job thing, I want to thank the choir. Oh my golly, I should just go home. I, this is, I had asked them to sing the piece, the anthem that they uh, did. It was sung at my ordination 19 years ago, and it was spectacular. The tears were rolling down my face. Um, thank you for that gift. I will never forget. Thank you. Our scripture for today is one of the assigned readings for this day. It comes from the book of Job. It's found in what the Hebrew Bible calls wisdom section. It's among the other books in this wisdom section that include Psalms and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the wisdom of Solomon. Wisdom literature was part of the literature collection of the Mideastern people for centuries, for thousands of years. And so our folks settled in that area. This became part of their literary uh, library as well. Wisdom literature is centrally concerned with the nature of the proper moral and religious conduct of an individual and then how that individual lives out in the world. In Job... Job, a fierce conversation breaks out between God and one of God's angels known as Ha-Satan in Hebrew. It's not a title. It's not a name. It's an adjective for a job description. Ha-Satan. We've made it the Satan or Satan. We've given this position a name and a title. But this angel was part of the angel team in heaven. The job of this angel was to be an adversary, an inquisitor, on behalf of God in the world. Ha-Satan argues that the only reason Job worships God so faithfully is that he hadn't suffered at all. Ha-Satan suggests that God and Job have a very false relationship. Satan wants to know, why does anybody, why does any person reverence God, worship God in a life filled with chaos and filled with pain? Thus begins the challenge between Satan and Job. 36 long chapters of it. Later, we learn that Job is acquiring a new way of seeing, a new way of knowing, a new way of relating to God. Reframing Job's relationship with God. The mystery of pain and suffering is not answered in Job. But God's presence with Job is affirmed. God's care for Job is affirmed. God doesn't give up on Job and Job doesn't give up on God. So in these days that are at best confusing and conflicted, Conflicted conversations among us and in the community, a disruption of the core of truth. I became intrigued with framework, with window, with what we create to peer out at the world. And what and how that informs our relationship with God amid suffering and life challenges. And particularly on this World Communion Sunday, when we understand this communion table to be encircling the world and we stop and pay attention to that, bringing us all together in the loving embrace of Christ. How do we frame? How do we frame our relationship with God? 
What informs our relationship with God amid the suffering, the calamity, the mess of our world? What is our framework? What kind of window do we look through to make decisions about how we live? Join me in prayer. O God of word, God of mission, God of love, open our hearts and ears to the hearing of your word this day. Speak to each of us, speak to all of us, and may we be both hearers and doers of your word. Amen. The translation of Job that you are about to hear is according to Carol. I was so inspired by some of the translations that I read that I kind of took them and all mixed them together. And so, don't you dare tell Steve, okay? He's off somewhere, and he just doesn't need to know what we did to Job. But it's pretty close. It is close. It is wise word choices. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God, and he shunned evil. One day, the angels came to report to God, and Ha-Satan, who was the designated accuser, came along with him. And the Lord said to Ha-Satan, what have you been up to? And Ha-Satan answered the Lord, oh, going from here and there, checking things out on earth. And then the Lord said to Ha-Satan, well, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright a man who fears God and shuns evil. Do you think Job does all that out of the sheer goodness of his heart, Ha-Satan says? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now, now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Ha-Satan, Very well, then everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. And then Ha-Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I can tell you right now, I don't have a lot of answers for this. But I invite you to slosh through this moment with Job with me. And maybe we, together we can have a collective moment with the Holy Spirit that will enlighten all of us. Because the question for me is, what lens, what view, what frame do we hold up to the world to understand our place in it? To make decisions, to make choices. The lens, the view, the frame we choose not only affects our vision, but it also affects our capacity to risk, to embrace others, to celebrate, to sing or dance or praise, or venture living fully, faithfully, wholeheartedly in God's creation. You know, it's how we see and understand the world that shapes our lives individually and collectively. In the book of Job, God has gathered his God's angel ministry team together for a quick review. 
And among them is the angel in charge of challenging the faithful. Ha, Satan. The adversary for God. Roaming the earth, being the eyes and ears for God. Seeking the weakest link in faithfulness and in worship. God inquires if Hasetan knows Job and has he ever observed Job? And Hasetan reports that Job is doing great because all the world that he knows is a blessing. He is faithful to God because God is protecting him and blessing him. God has built a hedge, a frame around Job, protecting him. It's a window of blessing through which Job sees the entire world. And so Satan challenges God saying, let me provoke him and challenge him and see if he continues to worship you or begins to curse you. And so these 36 chapters of the undoing of Job begin. And watch how Job's relationship with God begins to change and how he struggles with God. And what we see is that Job continues with God. He actually demands God to appear. He demands God to speak to him, to give him a word. He continues in the relationship with God, although the relationship is now strained and although Job has been pushed to the edge of his existence. Finally, Finally, God appears in the whirlwind and invites Job to see the world from God's perspective. And in this exchange, in holding up a new window to the world for Job, God shows Job the broad landscape of creation. We heard it in the music. You all stretch creation beautifully. And Job, Job was eventually transformed in how he understood himself and how he understood the world he lived in. Seeing the world through God's eyes, Job was transformed. I don't know if you all are aware of this, but there was an earthquake in Haiti last night in the northern section of Haiti. I had already thought about this sermon and including a story about an experience I had after the last major earthquake that occurred in Haiti some years ago. A group of us who had been going back and forth to Haiti over about a 10-year period went right after the earthquake within a couple or three weeks after the earthquake to see how our sisters and brothers were doing. And as we drove from the airport into the city into Port-au-Prince, the devastation was far more than I could have imagined because when you're looking at television, you're just seeing what? Through the lens of the camera, and it's very limited. But when you're driving in one of what they call a tap-tap, a little taxi through the streets, all of a sudden, the immensity of the devastation and the disaster is very evident. As we drove into Port-au-Prince, we were passing some buildings that were still standing and that I remembered from our last visit but for the first time for the first time I saw a Haitian window business highly unusual because Haitians believe that windows let the spirits in and so they don't put 
windows in their homes. But here was a company that was making windows. It was a business, a big business. And in huge letters across the front of the building was New Horizon Window Company. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I wondered, what would you see out of the New Horizon window you bought on this day in Port-au-Prince, Haiti? Garbage piled as, as high as it could go without tumping over. Raw sewage running through the streets, malnourished children, pigs, goats, mangy dogs wandering the street. No color, nothing to make a dream from, no new horizon, just raw life. Raw life in your faith, suffering, death, devastation. I wondered how our faith-filled sisters and brothers saw the world. What window on the world kept them going? How could they deal with one more devastating blow to their lives? How did they keep faith, trust God, when life was so horrendously upside down for them? The next day at our morning devotionals, I found out. Some of our Haitian friends joined us in our study. And in the conversation, we began to talk about the strength of their faith. How did they do it? One day after another, one hour after another, one minute after another. Tragedy after tragedy. The answer? I was stunned. The answer was that in our presence, they saw God. Because we showed up, they knew that God was speaking to them, that God was strengthening them, that God was present to them. They were not alone. You see, through us, they saw that God's world was bigger and more generous than their eyes could see, than their minds could understand. What they could see. The window through which they looked was a window into the kingdom of God. They didn't look through my dusty and worn out, seeing only disaster window. They saw beyond it. They looked through me and they saw a new world, a new horizon. We had become their window into God's kingdom. You know, how critical is it to our lives of faith to see through God's new horizon window ourselves? How critical in our world is it to see our lives as God's gift of creation through God's horizon windows as Job saw when God took him into the whirlwind and showed him the power and the majesty of God's creation, God's plan for us. Not letting the flatness of life, the noise of life, the pain, the suffering, the craziness of life to be the window we look through to see our lives, to see others, to see the world, but to offer what Jesus did for all of us. The presence of Christ among us. And in so doing, God offered us a new window to God's kingdom. 
The window Jesus offers is a new heaven and a new earth, a window framed by compassion with justice and humility in closing the window, and the glass, love. The world's window sees wealth and success for a few at all costs. God's window sees a table where all may come for food and where success in life is measured in the wealth of love. Those who are homeless sit on the front porch in the shade. Those who are weeping and frustrated and in the full pain of life are laughing and skipping and dancing. The frame and the hinges of the world's window have been ripped off and God is opening the windows of God's kingdom, God's new horizon for all of us to see and for the world to see through the windows as well by looking at you and looking at me. Our mission at Riverside is to be a movement for reconciliation. And for me, that means that we are God's window builders here in this place, in this community, in this world. Our support for this church with our time and resources means that we can build kingdom windows for each other and for all the generations to come. Our world desperately needs new windows through which to look, to see a way of life, to see the truth about life, to see fully and with wholeness the life God intends for us all. So let us repair and clean our own windows and look through and find new places, new places to help God install new horizon windows in the world. Thanks be to God. Amen.